0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so happy to be back with another episode. It has been a hot minute. If you're ever curious about what's going on day to day, week to week, I am over on Instagram, very active in my stories, in my IGTVs, not so much in my feed, but I really kind of share the experiences that I'm constantly going through as a mom, as a spiritual entrepreneur, as a working professional medium. And this month has been busy. So what I wanted to share today as part of the podcast episode is I often feel like though I love the podcast and I do offer as much as I humanly can through this podcast as far as knowledge goes and experiences that I've had in hopes that you will feel normal on your spiritual development journey and your mediumship development journey, but I often feel that my best work is in my programs, in my one-on-one mentorship calls, and in my initiation circle. There's just something about being in the energy with other people and teaching people live that just brings out like the most wisdom, the most confidence, the most inspiration through me. So what I wanted to offer today was, it's edited because I want to be sure to honor everybody's privacy, but I do monthly, but not every single month Q&A calls within the initiation circle, my membership where people ask questions and I answer them. That's typically what a Q&A call is. If you didn't know, now you know. And so what I wanted to share today was one of our Q&A sessions because the women continue to ask incredibly amazing questions that I feel like will support so many people at very different levels of their development. So I hope you enjoy this conversation today. If you are interested in joining the initiation circle, everyone is welcome. It's an all-inclusive community. You can hit the link below if you want to find out more information but we do a lot of different things every month. I teach master classes in there on psychic and mediumship development. I also do a lot of angel work in there, a lot of angel studies. It's a very deep and connected community and there's a lot that goes on every single month. There's also an opportunity because we have so many incredible light workers doing a lot of different type of work for spirit. And I give them an opportunity to apply to host their own workshops. So we have some really cool workshops coming up on chakras and the shadow, manifesting with crystals with Malibu medium, medical intuition. There's lots of different things that I personally don't have a lot of experience with that you can also learn in this container as well. So I just plug it a little bit here because it is to me, I think, one of the best things I do in my business. And it's a great way to get some more of the medicine that I have to share with the world if you do resonate with what I'm saying. It's very hard to get one-on-one spots with me now. And so the future of my practice is definitely going to be group focused. So I'm very excited. I'm also excited you're the first to know that I just opened up the waitlist for the Initiation 2022. So we get started in January, six-week Mediumship Foundations experience, and it is an experience. And so I'll just drop that link too if you're interested in being first in the know, first available for one of the spots in the Initiation. Again, starting January, the people who are on the waitlist will get a three-day advance notice to purchase and secure your seats because there are only 10 spots available to include a one-on-one one-hour mentorship session with me. That's exciting that's going on too. And I thank you for your patience as the podcasts have been a little bit inconsistent, but I promise I only show up when I feel inspired. And I hope that you resonate with that. I think it is better to get quality content rather than consistent content, to be honest with you. That's one of my beliefs. That's one of the teachings I teach people who hire me for business mentorship because it's all energy, baby. And so if I can show up in an energy where I actually really want to be here, you will feel it. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy this Q&A call from the initiation circle today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the q and I did receive seven incredible questions. So you get to be in your feminine in this moment and you get to learn and absorb and receive the medicine that i have to give today and of course my spirit guides who are very present in some of these inquiries absorb integrate after test it out for yourself see what resonates with you expand on what i have to offer and i do trust that the questions that we're able to come through will be supportive to all of you at some point in your journey because of course some of the questions are for people who are at the beginning of their journey And some of the questions are from people who are out there professionally doing this. And that's why I love this community, because there's like all different levels within this space, and it all works. It works beautifully. And the things that you can learn, even if you're not at that place yet in your practice or business, you will remember. And because you get to hear conversation and experiences that people have that may be a little bit ahead and down the journey than you are now, these are lessons that you may be spared. right? That's why I share so vulnerably my path. I'm like, if I could spare you what I went through, you'll have your own stuff to work through, right? You you keep expanding and growing and evolving. We don't have to continue to repeat the same patterns as workers. We can learn through like indirect learning, vicariously learning through our experiences, and then go on and have your own and think about the impact that will have for the people that you'll serve down the road. My mentor experienced this and I experienced this and then they get to experience something new. Here we go. So I have some questions on development. Sometimes I feel I'm making progress, then life steamrolls me and I lose momentum. I feel like I'm constantly in one step forward, two steps back. I feel connected and then lost. Do you have an easy recommendation for keeping the energy moving forward? I totally, totally get this. And I know where you're coming from. So you cannot go backwards on this path. If I have to be the one that hammers this into you all the time, I promise you, because guess what? There's no going back in life. There's literally no going back in life. We cannot turn back the clocks. So the past is behind us. Now what? Right? We're always moving forward. Now, what I find happens is that even if we take a break and I've taken many, many breaks on my path, I'm always picking up where I left off. And sometimes those slow times are very deep integration times. So the times where the development might not be coming as easy is because I'm in a state of integration as well. And we can't discount that sometimes when we feel disconnected from our practices and disconnected from spirit, it's because our humanness is asking of us to pay attention to it. So sometimes it will be harder to connect with our spiritual development, our spiritual path, because our marriages need work. Our career might need work. Our finances might need work. Our health might need work. And so our spirit is saying, don't look over here. Look over here. You need to focus on being human because that's what you're doing here. And what happens, I always find is that when I honor that call and I take an assessment of my life, like where's, where could use a little bit of attention and love right now, and just say it's my marriage, and I go focus on that for a little bit, when I return back to the work, it's at a whole nother level. So we can't discredit that the work we do on our humanness, and on the human side of our experience, it completely translates over to our spiritual paths. I can guarantee you every time, if if you're like, things are not working and flowing in spirit, and then like your marriage isn't going super hot, And then you go focus on that marriage. When you get back into the work, guess what? The next five clients are probably going to have the exact same issues that you just worked through, right? Happens all the time. So in so many ways, we need to focus on other areas of our experience to learn more so that we can help more. And this is how come in the initiation when the first teachings I have is that the development path and the healing path in life run completely parallel to one another they have to work in parallel and they will continue to work in parallel, right? And issues will never stop coming up in life. So you'll find that there'll be ebbs and flows in your development and ebbs and flow even in your spirit work, where sometimes you just want to go all in on readings. Sometimes you just want to go all in on learning. You're like, why don't I feel like doing readings? And people are like, why don't I feel like doing readings? Am I out of the game now? No, your spirit is asking you to integrate and to like learn more. And then the readings will always be there. So I feel like the two steps back may be a bit of like an illusion or a little bit of a fear thought that kind of comes up that you're creating that illusion that there's two steps back when really your spirit's just like, Hey, focus over here for now. Right. It's all going to be there. You were brought to this path for a reason. We don't go backwards. I am a testament to this. Okay. Because I have taken like a couple weeks breaks. I've taken five month breaks. I've taken eight month breaks in my eight years. And every single time I've been able to pick up, not only where I left off, but I actually have some new tricks, right? This most recent break after grief, I came back, all of a sudden names come to me so easily. I'm like, that's weird. Never happened before. Wasn't doing anything intentional to bring them in, but obviously something I was doing in my integration time just worked itself out. And I came back and that limiting belief is gone and the next one arises, right? And so we're never going to be free of limiting beliefs because we are limited in some ways in this human experience, but we get to experience the expansiveness of the world of spirit that is unlimited. And so it makes sense that we're always feeling that lack as we know what is accessible to us, but guess what? We'll experience that when we go home. But for now we're here and we have to be here and focus on being here. And this is going to come up in a few comments. There's a big theme as I move through the questions. So you also have to understand that mediumship, I'm just using mediumship as an example, is inconsistent by nature because there's too many variables at play to make it consistent. My energy, how I'm feeling that day, my client, how they choose to show up that day really sways the energy. And so no two connections will likely come through similarly, right? It's always going to feel a little bit different. And so sometimes You know, if you're relying on that sentient experience to feel connected to them, lean into the knowing, just accept for the moment, I am not sensing spirit around me, but I know that they're always there. They're always there. So maybe I just need to lean into trust and trust what's coming through my thoughts more than the sentient experience, right? Because our clairs are also going to develop and evolve as we move through our journey, right? I never thought... I would be a clear audience medium, but clear audience for the past like sixteen months has been an amazing experience. But I didn't call it in; it just came in one day. I recognized it, and it was all about awareness. It was just like, oh, I'm aware right now. Spirits using my clear audience. This is neat. This feels different than clear cognizance to me. And so we learn new tricks as we move along. So for women, we really like safety, right? I'm going to talk about this in a couple times. And so what you have to actually let go of is the illusion of safety when we're doing this, because there's no certainties, there's no guarantees, and we have to learn to accept and move through that because nothing in life is guaranteed, right? My business mentor was saying today, she's like, everyone in her family who had secure jobs, one of her dad was at our company for 30 years, got fired during the pandemic. Look at the illusion of safety that that company has created for that person. And it wasn't safe at all, ripped out from under them, just like that, right? That's the truth. That's the excitement of this experience. So sometimes we have to change our mindset on these experiences as well. I've been here many times. I even tested it because I could always sense when I couldn't sense Skylar and what usually followed was some sort of life-changing experience. And so one time I said to my husband, I'm like, I can't feel Skylar. I was like, and that always worries me because that means I'm about to go through something real human. And then I ended up in ICU three days later with my NDE. And so I was able to actually see it. And then when it happened to me, I wasn't so shocked. I was like, okay. And I'm happy to say that that doesn't happen that dramatic anymore. When I don't sense them around, I'm able to do that assessment and be like, okay, I have some decisions here right now that spirit is pretty much telling me I have to make on my own, right? I can't give my power to them. I can't ask them for the guidance because this is something I need to experience. And that took me years of seeing that cycle, by the way. Okay, years. (laughs) Like I think it was 2016. So three years into my development journey when I finally realized that. I love this question too. This is so my path. So I get asked, I would love tips on balancing consistent practice and life. I have two little ones who are four and nine who both have a lot going on. Often I don't feel spiritual and that doesn't help pushing me through the fear and I get stuck in imposter syndrome. So, truth is we can't be spiritual all the time to be honest with you. Like we can't, we're human, we're here for the toughness and the realness and it's not good for us to have our head in the clouds all the time. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who's trying to be spiritual 24/7? It can be really frustrating. <laughs> it can be really incredibly frustrating. And I had to work really hard to separate myself from that community because I didn't want to come across like that. And I didn't want to live in that space. And I feel like this is one of the reasons why I was gifted with a very skeptical, borderline cynical husband, because, man, he keeps me grounded. He keeps me so grounded and I'm able to reach a wider audience because of that, right? It's like, yes, I'm spiritual. My heart's in the right place, but I'm also very human and I'm aware of my humanness. So we can't discount how important being the raw, real human is to the people that we need to serve. Okay. Now the people who have their heads in the cloud all the time, they have their own people and they have their own way of serving and their own community that they can serve. And that's absolutely perfect. So I want you to honor and accept that you don't feel spiritual all the time, because guess what? You're going to be resonating with hundreds of mothers who also are experiencing the exact same experience you are. So acceptance is so key, Accept that you're really busy. You got two little kids and life could be chaotic. And it will also, if you allow it, allow those spiritual times to be really sacred, probably more sacred than someone who's in a constant state of spirituality. And how do I bring balance? So just accept, be human. It's awesome to be human. We can do amazing things with this humanness and have that spiritual side to rely on to really kind of support people. But being present is the only way I'm able to bring balance. And I lose it sometimes. I have to continue to remind myself to be extremely present. And I didn't do a very good job of it when I was in corporate. I tried as hard as I could, but the demands were so high there. And my responsibility and workload was so great that I was constantly thinking about work dreaming about work. My husband, I see it in him. He dreams about work. I'm like, I know that feeling. It's not fine. I'm like, because there's no balance because it requires so much of us and they have expectations on mothers to perform at the same level and be as present as, you know, somebody who's not a mom or somebody who is male, <laughs> you know, it's like, they don't know by the time I showed up at work at 8am, I've already done like two drop-offs, made two lunches, two breakfasts, had to fight breaking into a sweat to get on four shoes, fight over what jacket color works best today and try to talk down a ticking time bomb, right? Can you imagine? And then go to work and try to do the exact same stuff. So I want you to just like know and accept that there's there's chaos and there's beauty to being a mom. And I tell you, I don't know anyone who works harder than mamas, okay? Like we just make it work. We are magical, magical, magical beings. We truly, truly are. What we can accomplish is nothing short of miraculous. And I, I, all moms. So whether you think you're doing an amazing job or not an amazing job, trust me, you're doing an amazing job. Okay, if you have to hear that from somebody, let that be from me. You're doing absolutely amazing, okay? So the only way I know how to be very balanced because there's a lot of demands energetically of me all over the place is being incredibly present. And I had to teach myself this. I had to sit on the floor with my kids because when I was so busy and not present, I couldn't sit for two minutes. I was so like I needed to be somewhere else. It was so uncomfortable to sit there. I was. I need to go do something. I need to go do something. I was in this constant state of doing, right? And so what I had to do was I had to learn to look at the curls on my son's head. I had to learn to look for that light in my daughter's eyes. I had to hold that toy and feel it in my hands and be incredibly present in that moment. I had to allow my kids to brush my hair and sit there and feel those sensations. And I had to learn how to tap into my emotions when I was there with them to allow them to kind of come out because it's the emotion that leaves the imprint of the experience in our soul. So if I want to remember that light in my daughter's eye, I need to associate it with a feeling so that when I'm laying at the end of my days and all I'm left with my memories is I can recall that moment that I saw that light in her eyes. And I can only do that if I slow down enough to be able to be emotionally present at the same time. So that might only last seven minutes, but I'm telling you those seven minutes of presence are higher quality than an hour of scatteredness. And that hour will fly by and you'll feel like you did nothing. But I promise you, if you spend that seven minutes just incredibly present, you will feel so fulfilled and you will feel like time stood still. So when I'm with you guys, 100% of my attention, my energy, my love, my passion is to you. I am not thinking about my kids. I am not thinking about dinner. I'm only thinking about my husband if he comes in as a reference to what I'm trying to bring in as a point. When I'm with my one-on-one clients, 100% of my energy and attention is on that client. When I'm writing, what I have to do because I am such a scatterbrain is like today, it was 1041 before I sat down to write the calling class on Saturday. And I said to myself, because I trust myself, I am going to sit here until 1141 and get it done. And I didn't let anything distract me because I made that commitment to sit for one hour and give my calling participants an hour to flush out all the things I want to talk about on Saturday. And that's how I was very present in that moment. And time stood still. In some ways, the hour did not fly by. It was such an intentional hour. So the only way I know how to be balanced and feel fulfilled in all areas of life is to be incredibly present. And same with my marriage, like yesterday at lunch, like, I don't want to hear about volleyball, but he deserves and he's worthy of my full attention. And so I don't pick up my phone. I don't talk about, you know, necessarily the things that I'm interested in that moment. I'm giving him my full attention if it's on a topic that he's passionate about and loves about. And I tell you the reward I get from that and the way that he kissed my forehead last night, the way he like thanked me for like being a good mom, that was because I gave him that ten minutes of undivided full attention to hear what he wants to talk about, right? And that's the only way I know how to be balanced. And so, if you're scattered everywhere, just bring yourself back in. Practice presence. Even if I'm getting buzzy, like when I put you guys into groups and you guys are kind of flushing out doing your exercises, what I do when I'm here, I breathe. I wiggle my toes, I feel my fingers, I actually feel what the nails feels like in the middle of my hand. It's like a somatic experience that I bring myself through. So I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. I'm not going to the past and thinking about all the things I didn't say, right? I'm like, I'm just here in this moment. And when they come back on, I'm ready for what comes next. And so just presence, that's that's the key. And it takes practice. And it took me some time to be able to get it. When it comes to making time for your spiritual practice. So just to give you a bit of background, like I didn't start developing my mediumship until my daughter was three months old. So at a three month old, I had no idea what I was doing as a mom. I had no friends with kids. I babysat when I was like 12, but I had no idea what I was doing as mom. I was like, you let me go home with this baby, with this life. And I was like, literally fumbling my way through life (laughs) as a mom. Yes. Okay. I can admit it. It was, it was a hard thing for me to transition into mommyhood because all I had to do was worry about myself for 31 years. And I'm like, ah, okay, this is different. I have to keep this little fragile thing alive. I can't touch her head. What do you mean? I can't touch her head. It's like, what's wrong with her head? Well, it's not developed. It's soft. I'm like, why is it soft? Like now I'm paranoid about her head and I have to like, make sure she rolls like every 10 minutes. And like, you know, being a mom could be like exhausting and tiring and, and I get it. But what happened was, I was so committed to my path because I trust myself because I keep my word to myself. And I made a vow to spirit that I would never leave this path again. And I will walk this path and I'll do whatever it takes to do this work. I know I've been trying to be led to since I was 17. There's a clear time at 17 when spirit was bringing mediumship to my awareness. And I often wonder what my life would have been like if I did heed that call. And then again at 27, but for me, 31 is the time where I just hopped on and I had a lot going against me because I was a new mom busy. My husband was traveling all the time. He worked for a national race team. So he was gone for five, six days at a time here or there driving cross country. My parents were like 300 kilometers away I didn't have any friends because I was a workaholic in the city. I'd never even seen Squamish in the daytime. I had no idea on a Tuesday afternoon that Squamish was bumping. I'm like, this town is dead. And you go to Squamish on a Tuesday. Oh my God. It's like everyone in town is there. I'm like, this is where it's happening. <laughs> I didn't know that tells I'm at leave, but I was tired too. And so what I ended up having to do is just make a commitment to myself that when I put her to bed, it was about eight, eight, 30, I would dedicate just 30 minutes To my practice, whatever I felt like doing that night, whether it was meditating, journaling, playing with cards, working with a pendulum, just talking to spirit, I would just dedicate 30 minutes. And I know part of this comment as well, like you're tired at night and I get that. But let me just say that this might be the very thing that rejuvenates you. It might be the very thing that gives you the energy you need to make sure that your evening unfolds in a way that brings you joy. Right. That fulfills you with connection, because I know what it's like to numb out. I know it's it's like to scroll for hours on TikTok with a glass of wine and just kind of like numb out. And that's fine once in a while, but once in a while, you can just dedicate 30 minutes to your practice. And I promise you, it's what might very much lift you up, okay? And then when I launched my spiritual practice professionally, I my son was three months and my daughter was three years old, okay? So I know it can be done. I know it can be done. And it was actually for me, when I started doing readings for the public, nothing filled me up like that. You know, like I would drop my son off at the sitter just for two hours so I could do two readings. And then by the time I picked him up, I was like, life was like all within inside me. Like you guys do readings, you know what it's like to make that connection. And so it became easier and easier to prioritize it and make it part of my own sacred practice because I got so much from it. So even if you could just commit in five days to spend two evenings just for 30 minutes and see what your experience is like, and it will become easier to make it a priority for yourself and then to lighten up, (laughs) right? This is some of the best advice I've ever received from one of my mentors is like when I feel like I'm spiraling and everything I am not and spiraling and everything I can't do and spiraling and all the things I haven't quite done yet, get lost in the what ifs and not the great way, what ifs. My reminder to myself is always with my second teacher. She said to me, "She's like, lighten up." I'm like, "Yes, I need to lighten up." I'm like, "I need that reminder so much, guys, to lighten up. You have no idea. I'm a serious Virgo, right? Capricorn North Node. Like, I have a lot of serious shit in my chart. Scorpio rising, you know, like Sag Moon, which can be really conflicting in itself. Like, there's a lot set up in my cosmic makeup to take life really seriously, and I do. And so just Snow, I have to remind myself to lighten up every once in a while too. And sometimes it's even just saying it, like just say it out loud, lighten up. Like even the vibration of that phrase opens me up. You know what I mean? Lighten up. Okay, I get it. And so you'll see. I'm just gonna say that for now. Okay, I'm wondering about trying to improve spirit connection and how to communicate with them. I'm so ready, but I'm having foggy connections or simple and brief pictures without complete messages, like a puzzle. Is this me or is it how it is staying with the course? It's how it is. It's literally how it is. It is. And I hate saying that, but you know, I used to think it was me too. I was like, why? I just get a flash of something. I literally just get like a flash and then a knowing kicks in and I'm just kind of like fumbling along. You'll hear a lot of mediums talk about it and there's no better description for it than it's like a game of charades. It is like a game of charades, like two syllables. I got a name the other day with this mom that I was reading for. I said, look, I know his sister's name is like, oh, like, I just want to go, oh, like he kept doing that to my physical experience. I'm going to go, it's not like Danielle, it's short. It's like one syllable, but it's like, it's got this strong L uh in it. And it was this uh, Latina name I would never have been able to pronounce. You know, even that it's like one syllable, oh <laughs> It's like, but she knew what I was talking about. And when she said the name, I was like, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> Like it was literally like five letters, right? But it is very much like that. I remember a reading I used to have, and I use this example all the time, but one of my first readings ever, I simply saw a tree and all I said was tree. I see a tree and nothing else came out of me from that reading. 20 minutes of, I don't know where to go with this tree, but there's a tree. But then what happened was the tree kept showing up in my readings like constantly. And I'm like, I wish I knew what this tree freaking meant. And then I had this like aha moment where I was talking to somebody and I was like, yeah, he's showing me a tree. I get a tree quite a bit, but I'm not quite sure what it means. She's like, well, we actually like got him a park bench that we put under a tree on the seawall. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. So the next time the tree came up, I said, you know, did you create something in memory of them? Like something somebody can come visit? Yes. Okay. Next time tree comes up. I feel like this person was honored and I feel that there was something left in memory of this person. Something that people can go visit and that's going to be there for a long time. Not like a grave, but like, like a a bench or something. Yes. Yes. So how that tree ended up being my sign and symbol for something created and left in memory of was total trial and error. How frustrating. Why does spirit communicate like this? I don't know. But I will tell you that I worked with some of the best mentors this world has to offer that are living and it works the same for all of them. Okay. So I think the only exception I've ever seen is Sean Leonard, but he also still works like that. You know, like you'll even watch a show sometimes. He's like, you know, why are they showing me a bra? He'll say that all he's seeing is the bra. Why is he showing me a bra? Right. So you can watch other mediums and start to gain comfort that they actually don't receive a whole lot more than you, but what they have is trust and faith. And they have trust and faith that the stream of consciousness that flows after that symbol comes in is, is worth trusting. Right. Because I do believe that we all eventually end up working clear cognizantly, just in the knowing. There's no feeling, there's no visual, there's no phrase. It's just a conscious stream because what spirit has told me last year was that all mediumship is a transfer of thought. And we know that thoughts usually spark emotions, spark feelings. So I haven't heard anyone say this, but the theory I have going is everything is received claircognizantly, everything, then in the knowing. And then what our humanness does is it filters it through the clairs in a way that may make sense for us. So I do believe that eventually we all end up working clear under the umbrella of trust and faith and just trusting ourselves because it's not trusting the world spirit. I can guarantee you 10 out of 10 of you trust the world spirit more than you trust yourself. Honestly. So, and that's okay. That's the same for almost everybody, to be honest with you. That's how come I say it's so important to develop the human and to get into that level of trust. But what I want you more importantly to know is I want you to just be a piece of where you're at in your development and celebrate exactly where you are and how far you have come. Because I know exactly where you are just a few months ago, you wish you were. And this is when I talk about presence, there's always going to be a next level. You know, always. My business mentor makes a million dollar days now. She's like, who would have thought, like what's next, the million dollar hour? like the million dollar minute, like you actually never stop thriving for that next level, whatever that next level is. But what we need to do to create some inner peace in our lives is to accept where we are, know that we are not one minute ahead or one second behind. We are exactly where the world of spirit and our soul has guided us to this very moment. So we need to trust the beauty and the divinity of the here and now and where we are and learn to celebrate that. Because celebration and gratitude is exactly at the vibration of where spirit resides. So it's worth really like owning that aspect of our development and honoring exactly where we are. We're worthy of that inner peace. And it's okay to have places you want to go, but we can't live in the not enoughness at every single moment because there's always going to be new places that we want to go. So we need to learn to accept where we are and be at peace where we are. And you're developing in an absolutely perfect pace. Cause I bet you probably a couple minutes ago, you weren't putting your name for it all the time, showing up for all these classes, putting yourself out there. And that is worth celebrating a thousand percent. Okay. So celebrate. And that's the energy and the magnetization that's going to create the next level. But if spirit's like, well, she doesn't even realize how far she's come. Like we got to sit here until she actually realizes, like, whoa, we've come a long way. You know, sometimes I look at how far I've come and I cry. I don't feel bad for crying. I don't feel bad for feeling that sense of pride because I know spirit celebrating alongside me. The way like, she sees it, she sees it from our perspective. And then more comes and we become magnets. We become magnetized to amazing experiences, amazing experiences. And this is a matter of developing your human, not the medium. So this is learning where you can surrender more in your life or you can celebrate more in your life where you can manage the expectations of yourself and others. Because I tell you, if you have unrealistic expectations on yourself, you're going to attract people who have unrealistic expectations of you. Because like attracts like, and we always attract the energy we put out. So think about that. Okay. I see all the time in my practice. I'm like, wow, my client who is like majorly triggering me is actually reflecting how I feel about myself what a wake up call, right? What a wake up call. So I'm going to clean that shit up so that we can all move forward. It's very, very, very important. I also will say to you that the next development class I'm going to be doing in this container is on storytelling in the medium. And I think that some of the things spirit has given me on this, like I channeled this whole class at my kitchen counter in front of my husband. He was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is all coming through right now. I'm like my next class, like it just totally came through. And I think it's really going to help bring some practice and some comfortability about sharing the story of the spirit communicator, right? Because that's what we are. We're storytellers. We're voices for the voiceless. And so I believe very strongly that storytelling is a key skill that we need to learn to develop as mediums, more importantly, to pass along messages and to share memories more so than like the evidence per se. So hopefully this next development class, which is, I think is next week or the week after next week will help with some of that as well, because we're asked to dissect the visions and things that we're seeing. And then we're asked to bring through fulsome messages when we're not receiving full sentences. I totally get that. I absolutely get that. You know, who's worth listening to who does this well is Teresa Caputo. Right. She's a message medium. Her her primary gift is giving messages and the way she phrases messages. And he's saying, But mom, like you know, full sentences. I personally believe that she is receiving just a snippet, a feeling, emotion, and then she's expanding on that. And she trusts herself so much that it just lands and it makes sense. She words it perfectly. I truly do not believe that they're talking in full sentences like that to her. Because I've asked Sean about this too. He's the most clear audience medium I've ever experienced. And I said, how do you get names like that? And he said, well, I hear shh, shh, I hear shh, but my knowing knows it's Sharon, not Sheree or not Shana. So he even doesn't get the full sentences. He just has so much trust in that first little bit that he'll allow the stream of consciousness to carry and take it home. Does that make sense? So even some of the grades. So let's lose all expectations that we're ever going to get full sentences and just like put it to the side and just say, I'm just going to accept how it comes. And I'm going to work with what I have and continue to grow and evolve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me read the question first. I'm struggling with a business name. I would love some feedback or insider tips on this process. And when you do find a name that suits you, what's the next step? Now, what I encourage people to do when they're trying to come up with a, what do I call myself? Like- right? I'm the Squamish medium, right? The reason why I picked Squamish medium is because I didn't want my name associated with it. Like, to be honest with you, I worked in indigenous politics in a position I was not qualified for. And so my reputation was literally my currency at this organization full of PhDs and master students. I worked in health, (laughs) indigenous health and healing and policies and politics. And so I actually didn't understand because I wasn't super connected to my culture that this was incredibly normal as part of our culture. And so I was in hiding, which is why I picked Squamish Medium. So it's a fancy name. It's great. It's done. It has a brand in itself, which we'll talk about on the calling on Saturday. But I do wish I went with my real name. I I wish at the very beginning, I just made it Danielle Serank. That's it. Like, that's me, right? I'm like, I wish because now the energy behind Squamish Medium, how it started was to be in hiding, to stay in the closet. I was so scared right? But it's turned out beautifully. I did actually go to rebrand in 2019. And I was, I was considering going to just my name. And I just felt against it. I was like, you've built this brand, you you've made this name something bigger than your fears at the beginning. So I kept it. But what I did do is I incorporated my business under Danielle Serank Services Incorporated doing business as Squamish Medium. That's my incorporation. Before you go there, you're going to go into a sole proprietorship and you just have to register it. So we just have to go to bcservices.ca and register a sole proprietorship. It's free. It just means no one else can assume that name and you become a sole proprietor. It's completely free. I'm incorporated because my business expenses are so high (laughs) by choice because of the way I run my business. I don't have to pay taxes on everything I bring in and then have those deductions. I'm like, I pay myself a wage, all the other money sits in my business to pay my business expenses, And I pay very low taxes on that income because I'm incorporated. That's why I incorporated because my business expenses are so high. My development is over $30,000 a year. And so now instead of eating that personally, and that's mediumship and business, just so you know, not just mediumship, (laughs) but you know, I'm able to actually deduct that off of my overall income because I'm incorporated. So I save a lot of money in taxes doing that. But the reason why I wanted Danielle Strength Services Incorporated because even where I stand now... Mediumship is such a small part of what I actually do now. You know, it was definitely how I started, but I have clients who are realtors in the States. I have clients who are doctors. I have a doctor who hires me all the time to do more mentoring with him than anything else. I have clients I actually have a company that does diabetes awareness that just hired me for business mentorship because they love how I run my business. I'm like, all right, I can do that right? Why not? And so the Denial Strength Services Incorporated allows me to have a wider umbrella under my business. Whereas if I were just say, it's like Jellybean Healing, you might outgrow jelly bean Healing one day, right? In a lot of ways, I feel like I've outgrown Squamish Medium because I do so much more than just mediumship, which is why I put my name down as my name, Denial Strength Services Incorporated. Because if I did also want to pursue more fully my end of life doula work, Squamish medium makes me feel a bit like an ambulance chaser, to be honest with you. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's the energy that it gave me. So I would want to do my my end of life doula work under Danielle Strength Services Incorporated, not like I'm trying to get clients like before they go. Like, that's totally not what I'm going for. But I could see how some people might think that, right? (laughs) So, you know, what I think about when you tune into a business is look at it like five years from now. Is it something that you can stand under? Does it include the expansion that you want to create within whatever you're offering? So, those are the type of things that if I were to go back and like rename my business, I would have probably thought of because the truth is, I never envisioned being a full time medium. Even when I started developing mediumship, to be honest with you, I couldn't see it. And then when I first started my business, I couldn't see myself doing anything other than mediumship. What else do I have to offer? And it was very limiting for me. And I didn't know that. My business would take me in the directions that it has. So that's my consideration. But the truth of the matter is, guess what? You can change your name anytime you want. So, but what I do want you to do as a dreamer and as a way to start manifesting is look far into the future. Look at where you could potentially go and try to try to pick something that is like really expansive for that. Okay. For me, and this is not going to work for everybody, but okay. for me, the has luck has it, most people find me through my podcast. I only have 5,000 followers on Instagram, like 6,000 on Facebook, but I get over 20,000 downloads a month on my podcast. It's crazy. So podcasting, unbeknownst to me, was the media that made me discoverable, but that's not the case for everybody. For some people, they take off on Facebook. Others, they take off on TikTok. We're actually going to talk about this in class on Saturday at The Calling in more depth, but yeah, you never know. I never in a million years had a goal nor thought that my podcast is what would make me international, but it is. And I receive it and I celebrate it. I'm like, cool. I love it. It just happens to be the platform that I was discovered on. And you guys are going to have to play and play and dream and, and stay consistent on a platform that you absolutely love. What I say is, where do you love spending time and focus there? For me, I devour podcasts. Like if I get a spare moment, I am listening to a podcast. I love them. I'm not on YouTube. I don't enjoy surfing YouTube. I look up YouTube if like my ice machine on my fridge stops working. That for me is what YouTube's about. And that's the only way I use it. So it doesn't make sense for me to spend a lot of time investing in YouTube. I'll do things on YouTube that are very passive or like easy, like video recording a podcast and just throwing it up there. But I don't create just for YouTube. So think about where you love spending time and build there. The energetics will super align in that way. Okay, the question is, I feel a sense of grief around letting go of old patterns. Something to draw back in the old ways is strong. I've walked away from this path a few times, and I know in my heart it's where I want to be, but sometimes it feels like it would be easier just to give up. I guess the human aspect will always feel like this would work. Yes, absolutely. What I could say in a broad scale is we're cyclic beings by nature, especially as women. Our female cycles are in rhythm with the moon. You know, We're cyclic beings by nature. So it's not surprising that we have old things kind of creep up. And it's definitely a habitual way we talk about that illusion of safety, where sometimes it's safe to stay the same. I did a post on this on Instagram today. Sometimes it feels safer. But what I've experienced because I chose safety so many times and staying in my corporate job was that it was torturous wondering what would happen if, and that to me disturbed my peace a lot more than just choosing something differently. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I see this cycle and I know what I always choose. So I'm going to choose differently, see what happens. And that to me is less uncomfortable than sitting at my desk wondering what would I be doing right now if. This was full-time. I worked in my bed all day, all day. I would have been like 10 meetings deep if I was still in corporate, to be honest with you. I didn't have to talk to anyone today. (laughs) It's like my husband called, I had to clear my throat. throat. I'm like, okay, I haven't talked in like hours. That's a nice feeling sometimes, you know, especially when you're somebody who talks for a career. You have to kind of look at what will bring you more peace, And then also identifying that you're actually worthy of that piece, because sometimes we pick complacency or we pick chaos because that's a baseline for us. And that's really comfortable. I've seen people pick chaos time and time and time and time again. And I can always tell that they had a very chaotic upbringing because that chaos is actually safety to them. That's their baseline. Chaos is safe. Other people think that's nuts. What you may be looking for and yearning for that you're not getting because this is the path of the entrepreneur is validation that you're doing good work right? Or that the work is a value because, you know, our moms are used to telling us how great we are. My boss was used to saying, you've done so good. You get a 2% raise or you get this promotion. There's so many external sources telling us that we're doing good work. And in the spiritual path, it's a lonely path. We don't really get that validation. We actually have to learn to be that validation for ourselves. So what I would encourage you to do is look at everything you do accomplish and really celebrate that. And if you're not moving along, look at what You're choosing time and time again that you're just not making that progress. This is really, I love the work of Joe Dispenza on this, where he talks about rewiring the brain and just making different choices. We can catch ourselves in those habits and be like, whoa, I chose the same thing again. So I just need to try to choose differently to kind of like knock that off its path, but we do have to learn to validate ourselves in this work. And that's a tricky slope because we're told egos are bad and we need to not be egoic in this work. But the truth is we have to be our best friend, our best mentor on this path. There's, there's always been a bit of a disconnect for me between how people react to me and how I feel about myself right? Like I'm always a little bit caught off guard. Like people are like, Oh, you're so great and amazing. And I'm like, no, like, I still feel like a very plain, average person and people like stop me in the streets now and stuff. And so there's a bit of a disconnect between what I think about myself and how I feel about myself and how people clearly feel about me. And that's imposter syndrome. That's like a bit of a misalignment, which has come up a couple of times before. And I will say that there have been experiences in the past couple days, which really woke me up to like, I can't believe you don't quite know who you are yet, like how powerful you are. Like, and it took me longer to own that. And I'm still continuing to try to own that and not based off of what people are saying their experiences of me. So what I encourage you to do is always, you know, there's no rule books in spiritual entrepreneurship. We get to show up however we want. And the easiest way to show up is exactly who we are. I used to be paralyzed on social media because I was like, I don't know what people want to hear from me. So instead I started asking, what do I feel like saying? And then people will be attracted to that or they don't have to be. And that's their decision. And I just have to worry about for me, every step of the way, what do I want to do? What do I want to talk about? How do I want to show up? And people will love it or leave it. And I'm not here to be for everybody. And I'm definitely not for everybody. And that has to be okay. The other thing I want to just mention about the chaos too, and I've had to recognize this about myself. If you guys know Christine Hassler, she wrote the book Expectation Hangover, one of the most triggering books I've ever read because it was like, get out of my head. I'm like, literally get out of my head. I had to put down the book like seven times and pick it up because it was like, it was me doing that shell. It was so triggering. I was like, oh my God, there's other people who think like this. Like it's exhausting being a Virgo. Let's just say that up in your head. And I actually got on her podcast on a guest spot one time, which is really hard. She's like a $2,000 an hour coach, probably more than that now. And it was like a free 20 minute podcast spot. And she totally opened up my eyes. Like I'm like in five minutes, she did what therapy for years couldn't do because I kept wondering how come I kept racking that up. I was like, you know, I'm so lucky. Like I met my husband, he paid off all my credit cards. I racked him up, he paid him off again. I racked him up, he sold his car, paid him off again. Like, I kept getting a free pass. And then he would say things to me like, I'm not doing it again. Like, you have to learn your lesson. And so, but what happened was I kept continuing to rack it up and kept coming into these windfalls. Like, just kept. And he was like, This is so not fair. Like, it's not fair that, like, you need to suffer. Like, how are you going to change? Because I wasn't suffering from this cycle. And when I talked to Christine Hassler about it on air, I said, You know, it's like causing a lot of conflict in me and my marriage because. I don't know why I continue to do this. And she's the one who actually brought it up to me. She was like, I get the feeling that there's a lot of financial insecurity growing up. And so there was a lot of chaos attached to it. And you actually feel at home in chaos. And that's where I kind of learned that teaching. It was like a mic drop moment happened. And still to this day, I have enough money to be completely debt-free, but I have a $3,000 balance on a credit card and I keep it there. For some reason, it makes me feel safe. And if that's what I need to feel safe, and as weird as that is, then c'est la vie, such is life, right? And so I have a credit card that sits there with the balance because for some reason it brings the illusion of safety for me. And it makes me feel like, okay, if this $3,000 is my chaos, I'd rather that be my chaos in my marriage, right? So, you know, we're weird. We're, <laughs> we're conditioned. We're weird. We're a product of our upbringings. We're a product of our experience. We're also a product of the healing that we've done or we have not done. And so what I've had to learn instead of like, why didn't you, why didn't you? I accept it. I accept that this is just something that I have and I'm just going to give her her space to be and move on. So that's what I do is that we can't fix everything. And maybe one day I'll stop and one day. I won't. Who knows? Who knows? But I know we're meeting our financial advisor next Monday and I'm like, bring on the conversations. Cause she's going to go through everything. Like, what are your debts? Like, where are your investments? And we're going to like being transparent about this stuff because it's a, it's a source of shame for me. It like, it, it, it triggers me. Right. But the truth is my husband, he actually like gets really excited when I kind of mess up in this area because he's like, okay, we're going to get out the spreadsheet. We're going to get on the same page. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be the worst night ever. I'm like, I need to go get wine first. I'll be right back. <laughs> and that's just, how our marriage works. And it works wonderfully. So trying to develop my Claire's more, and I know the set intention and practice readings are amazing for that. Are there any tips? I feel like my reference book is getting ridiculous. Yes. I think I'm just looking for an easier way. I feel like the more clients I get, the more I'm like, oh shit. I need to develop my abilities more overall. This is probably a silly question. No silly question at all of course, things will get easier. And I have this spiritual saying that the more I know, the more I realize I know nothing. Right. And that is, it's so true, especially on the mediumship development journey. I'm like, I thought I knew it all. Cause I've read all the books. I read all 42 Sylvia Brown books. I read all of John Edwards books. I read all of James John Prague books. I read all of Gordon Smith books. Like this was all before I was developing mediumship myself. And when I got into it, I was like, I know nothing. <laughs> Even still, I'm like, question what I do know all the time. Talking to Danielle earlier, I was like, you need to transcribe my classes because I'm convinced I know nothing, but I teach at least 10 hours a month. So I must know something and I don't like listening to myself. So I need to see the transcripts of the things I talk about, because maybe that will give me some confidence when I'm like, what do I post on Instagram? Cause I'll go weeks without posting. Cause I'm like, do I know anything? I might not, I still have that. And I still encounter that. So just to be super real with it, because you might feel like that 10 years from now, but that's the exciting thing about this journey is like, there's always going to be more to learn. And I dread the day. And I don't think this day will ever come that there's no more to aspire to within this craft, because this craft is an art. It's not a science. It's an art and you never master art Art just evolves Anyone who's a painter will be able to tell you this. You just learn different techniques and the vibe might change and the series might change, but it's an art. So let's remove any kind of notion that there's a science to mediumship because there isn't. Now I'm going to plug my language of spirit course, which I know you have. Because there are over 40 exercises for Claire Development within that class. Not only the exercises in the class, but there's homework for every single module, plus the little Clare sheets that you get, which if you've been in the initiation or the language of spirit, you've accessed, there's like three or four exercises per them. But what I want to tell you right now is that I feel that Clare Development is more around awareness than anything else. Okay. It is about awareness. You use it every day and becoming aware of how these abilities move with you every day that's come. My quiz is geared towards not just how your Claire's work in the spiritual realm. My quiz is, hey, when you're putting together Ikea furniture, do you read the instructions? Do you prefer someone to read them to you? Do you just wing it, aka Claire Cognizance? Like, I'm just going to wing it and just see what happens. Right, like we actually move through the world with preferred clairs. You can look at your motherhood when you're, when your baby's crying, you likely know what they need. You might actually feel your boobies leaking. You might actually feel the solar plexus tighten. And so it's like you know being really aware in your life of how you're moving through with the different clairs working naturally with you, and having that awareness open up will actually translate over to your mediumship. So, just start walking through life, seeing how you take in life, right? Like I've said this so many times, guys, but one of my biggest epiphanies around names was I never took the time to actually remember people's names in real life. So, being that inconsiderate, why would spirit want to give me their name? Like, well, you don't care about names, like, you don't even remember the person you met last. So I actually started becoming more aware of the people I was meeting in my real life and making conscious effort to remember their names and be considerate and polite. Names all of a sudden start coming in my readings. Do you see how that works? When you watch a movie, this is in the quiz too, I don't remember any words to any song lyrics. I, I've been listening to Kim Mitchell, or God help me if any of you know who that is, but like my whole life, come on, you're a BC girl. <laughs> my whole life, Jerry D had the record. I listened to those songs on like a repeat my whole life. rock set, right. We're going way back rock set. Like my whole, this is the soundtrack of my youth. I don't know what they're saying, but I know the melody. I know the tones. I know the range. I just don't know the lyrics. I actually can feel the songs as I'm thinking about them. I can feel them. They, they invoke an emotion within me. So it makes sense. I'm super clairsentient, my mediumship. And it makes sense that full sentences don't come to me. I don't remember the names of songs. So what are they going to use, right? So I know that I move through life as a feeler and I know that I recall things based off of emotional experiences. So knowing that about myself and being aware of that, that's how spirit works through me. So just pay attention right and all the clairs will average out eventually but we are going to have one or two that are our go to and our preferred so for me it's claircognizance and clairsentience and the ones that i'm here to work on the ones that you know bring me the more effort is the clairvoyance and the clairaudience right so celebrate what you have and what comes naturally because i'm telling you that the clairaudient wants to be clairsentient and i'm telling you the clairsentient wants to be claircognizant and i'm telling you the clairvoyant also wants to be clairaudient It's just our natural human nature to want what we don't have and see what we're lacking. When I'm asking you in the spiritual realm and in the spiritual development path to celebrate what you do have instead. And in that energy, the rest will flow. We will be shown where our limitations are constantly, but there's a balance. We're also being shown what our gifts are. You know what I mean? And so it's like, what truth are we going to embody? What truth, because they're both equal truths, Which path are we going to fall? What energy, where are we going to back our energy onto? Recognizing and understanding that we still have so much to go and you're probably never going to in this life master this gift and like this ability and this practice. That's okay. Just accept where you are and keep going. You would not be aligned clients if you weren't ready. I could promise you that. Okay. So there is a readiness to your spirit that is making you magnetic and attracting the exact right people for you. So really have peace with that as well. Okay. And then also, like, I just want to say that, you know, this is what it's like being human. There's three of you in your questions who talked about easy, easy, easy was a word that came up quite a few times. And I'm here to tell you that mediumship is easy. It is easy. It's quite simple and it's quite direct, but what makes it not easy is our humanness. So what we need to focus on developing on the mediumship path is self-development, personal development, mindset. That is going to be so valuable to this path because what happens is there's something that happens where there might be a situation where like, you you just don't care. You're just like, I don't give a shit what people think anymore. I'm just going to show up and do what I love. And that will probably be the best reading you've ever done in your life. Like, but I care so much. And how come it's so easy when I just don't care? I don't know. (laughs) that's something human that we have. That's how come I wanted to do all those free readings for so long because there wasn't this expectation and there was just gratefulness and gratitude on the other end. And it was so easy to show up in that energy. Like so, so easy. And it's not like I didn't care. The stakes were obviously not as high. Everything just flows in that energy. So until we can actually release all expectations and all pressure of ourselves. It's going to feel like a bit of a struggle, but I want you to see this, the struggle not to be a deficit of your skill, but rather just the mindset and human stuff that needs to be tweaked, right? So just pay attention to your thoughts, pay attention to how you feel. I personally, like I reflected on these questions earlier, which is why I like getting them in advance because I can talk to the guides about them and, you know, obviously different phrases and different things will be helpful for different people. And I have a million different ways I can phrase these things. So what I really lean over into the world of Spirit is like, how do I express this in a way that will be impactful? And so that's kind of my, like the time to reflect and kind of like chat with Spirit a little bit about it. I didn't get it until I was at the cafe getting my $14 sandwich. So I will do my very best and I have been here before. And so the question is, I consistently go out of my way for readings for people in my community I have a client coming to my house, even though it's not convenient, and her sessions start at 12, and she texted that she'll be there five in five minutes, 10 minutes late. I'm going to charge her less overall, and I guess I will not go over on time and charge the same, but I feel I cross my own boundaries because I don't want to disappoint people in my community." what is wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. I promise you. I'm always afraid I'll be the bitch if I explain my policy. That's okay. You're not a bitch and there's nothing wrong with you. And there is nothing that's your fault. The truth, this is all boundaries. And you know, you did nothing wrong. And often we don't know what our boundaries are until they're crossed. We don't, you know, I use this example earlier on my Instagram and I said, you know, my insurance policy, when I went to go claim a chiropractic appointment said you cannot claim cotton balls. Like, that's weird, but somebody must have tried to claim cotton balls for them to have to add that into their policies, like front and center, right? So they didn't know that they had to add that until somebody tried to claim that, right? And same with you. It's like, sometimes people cross your boundaries and they don't realize that they're your boundaries until they're crossed. So sometimes the people who cross the boundaries first get a bit of a pass, Right, But then they get a bit of a pass because if you did charge less or you did go over on time, then that's okay. They got a little bit of a pass. But the real like trick here is to now what? Now what are we going to do so that we don't attract people who cross our boundaries? And we may have to reaffirm and reestablish our boundaries. So what I would personally do in this situation is I know you have acuity. So on the booking page, I would just put two lines saying, you know, people who show up 20 minutes late is considered a no-show. For me personally, people who no-show, I give a 50% refund. They cannot reschedule. There's nowhere to reschedule. Like I'm too long of a wait list. You can't reschedule. But I will give back 50% of the income. So just have something on your booking page or something on the confirmation email that really sets your boundaries saying 10 minutes after a session time, I will be unable to complete your session. So this will be considered a no-show and you will be reimbursed 50% of et cetera, et cetera, right? Because you can't fill that space again. You can actually give no money back if you don't want. Like this is up to you. This is what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And then I would reaffirm that boundary on the reminder email and you could do it in a nice way. You could just say, just a reminder, please arrive on time. People who are 10 minutes late will be considered a no-show and you will receive 50% if that is the case. So there are different ways that we can establish our boundaries through the systems that we have created. This is how come we really want to have strong systems, like booking systems, which is acting as your personal assistant. Now, the issue around because you're a one-on-one client of mine, we're friends, we've known each other for a long time now. I know that you don't want to read people in your house, but you did let someone come to your house. So that is a little bit on you. And I would kind of be curious to know about that experience and in bending that boundary And I'm wondering if you can see by bending that boundary, it kind of opened up the door to maybe other boundaries being crossed, right? So, okay. So a couple of things here, not surprising you have some throat chakra stuff. The truth of the matter is boundaries are not bad, right? Like boundaries are not set up to piss people off, right? And so sometimes when we are able to like honor our boundaries, it really is inspiring because it gives people permission slips to also honor theirs, Right. So I just wonder if like what I would do again in my situation, like if it were me and I had to do this because the mom that I gave her reading to, she just lives down the street. Like, why couldn't I take her in my home? I probably could have, but I don't like people in my home (laughs) and that's my boundary. And so one of the things I say is like, you know, as she's booking, I'm like, I only work with people during this pandemic online. That's it. Just to know too, like there are really, gentle ways that we can affirm our boundaries, right? If it were me, I would honestly say, I actually work better online. It's going to be a better experience for you. It's going to be a better experience for me. And that's the truth, right? Because it is. Because all morning you're probably like, oh, I have somebody in my house. And I like, I got to clean. I got to clear the house. And it's really inconvenient to do readings out of the home. I'm sorry, but I will never go back to it. I yeah. will never have people coming through my house again. I won't. And so it's easy for me just knowing that and standing firm in that to just hold to the no. But I know because it is your wife's friend. It might be like a little bit different. I totally get that. Totally get that. But I even had somebody say like my neighbor across the street and he's like, can you give us all a retake? (laughs) Like, no, I don't work like that. I'm sorry, neighbor. I'm like, you know, I have to kind of hold my boundaries. They still talk to me. They're not sitting there like, oh, what a greedy, selfish lady. And if they are, it's not affecting me in any way, shape or form. Unless they say it to my face and I have a million things I could say if they do say it to my face, but I just want you to, you know, how cycles work. This will likely come up again. And so then you'll have another opportunity to reaffirm your boundary and that day will come and it will continue to come until it's honored. And that's how we learn. And that's how spirit continues to bring us lessons. And I will also just reaffirm, you know, like holding boundaries is not fun. I had a fire client yesterday. That's not fun. I've never had a fire client in my life. And it was because my boundaries were continuously crossed and it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And the backlash that I would have been expecting actually didn't end up being that bad, anyways. It's just boundaries are so important on this path and you'll get another opportunity. I'm certain of it. The other question I just wanted to kind of express. And we all have this, especially moms, I think like, because I don't remember having this before I was a mom and I started living my life for something else, but you said something interesting about not wanting her to be disappointed, but you're disappointed. So Mm -hmm. it's like, is it fair that we wear the disappointment in the situation or can we like divvy that out a little bit? Right? Like, I don't think it's fair for us to live in that disappointment so that they don't experience any when it's actually like they're failing that things turned out the way it did. Right. And because I get it, it's like you're building your reputation in your area and your community. As you say, I can totally understand that. And I can't say that at the point you're at in your business, I probably wouldn't have done the same. But what I'm saying is like eight years in, I definitely have learned my lesson in this area after being walked over, energetically drained so many times and falling out of love with this work because I'm doing it for other people now. That it becomes really, really easy to start honoring your boundaries after a while, but you might have to experience that real low before it becomes a priority for you. And just, you know, just look for the cycles and just be like, I'm tired of this lesson. So I'm just going to choose differently next time. And that's right. it. And then it doesn't have to come back. And, you know, it's true how I started was we don't often know what our boundaries are until they're crossed. And that was my situation with this client. It, it, the boundaries were just crossed. I didn't realize how important those boundaries were. And so I didn't have to attract another client who came in with that same energy. I just chose to nip it in the butt because I know the cycles and how they come. I was like, Nope, I'm just going to learn here, establish my line in the sand in a respectful way, because I'm not out here to hurt anyone's feelings. And then now I know, right. Oprah says, when we know better, we do better. I'm committed to that because I use the example of, the boundary around giving someone a refund, my God, that haunted me for years. And I I didn't want to do it for years. And I can't tell you how many readings I pushed through and gave extra time for because I knew I was lacking in the quality that I was really yearning. And finally, one day I just said, I'm giving this refund. This is another test. This is another situation. I gave it and it never came up again. Our mind creates so much intensity behind these fears, but it's like we're literally living in the worst case scenario, just in the energetics of it. And then when we actually experience the worst case, we're like, my God, how much time I spent worried about that thing. And it doesn't have any power over me anymore. Yeah. Plus one for doomsday thinkers. That's for sure. Okay. So final question. Thanks for going deep with me. I'm going deep with this question. What do you feel is the true purpose reason why souls incarnate? I understand it is to learn and grow and gain experience for our own soul, but why? For what? I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I'm curious what others have thought on this. So this was a very deep question. And of course, like my first answer was very much like yours. Like we're here to learn lessons. We're here to have like experiences. But when I sat down and I placed the thought to spirit and I was like, what do I say about this? Like, what do you want me to say about this? And the first phrase that came to me was glory. I was like, that sounds very religious and I am not a very religious person. I love the movie, Glory, Denzel Washington. It was how I was introduced to him. He was on my walls my entire life. Number one celebrity crush, Denzel Washington. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then what happened after Glory was something that kind of blew my mind. And it was like, I felt it more than I even heard it. And it was the universe is expanding. Home is expanding. And it was like, I'm like, is it? And I Googled it. And I was like, oh, even science says like the universe is expanding. And so what kind of came through for me is the universe is expanding, home is expanding, and we're here to be part of that expansion. What we create here has a direct impact to the energy the universe embodies as part of its expansion. Our future as souls depends on the work we do here in this experience. Light will always trump darkness. We learn to shine bright amongst all this chaos. It supports how we expand as a collective at home. And glory with a capital G is simply magnificence and great beauty, and it really reminded me of the work of Anita Margiano, whose book "Dying to Be Me." She went home and she came back, and her messages went around magnificence, which is literally the definition of glory. And I thought that that was actually very divine because I was like, she kept talking about you are magnificent. I bought her child book for my daughter, like we are love, and it's all about like you are magnificent. And it was a really beautiful message. And the message around it was, it all matters. Every life, every cell, every spirit matters. And we can't experience that joy without sorrow. We can't experience that magnificence without the opposite, right? We can't experience joy without sorrow. And so what I really kind of like felt into this and it made me really emotional was, Our creator has created so many of our beings. We are just one type of being that the creator has created. And we all serve our own purpose and role. And I feel very much that the message I received today was that our role as humans choosing to come in here, to continue to incarnate, to be reminded of that magnificence, to be reminded that there is polarity within this existence and to return home with more grace and with more glory helps with that overall expansion of the universe of what is. And I thought that was kind of interesting, different concept. Obviously, I've only had a morning to kind of contemplate on it, but it was definitely a different spin to what I had been feeling before. So when I think about creator, it can be whatever you want. You know, when I think about universe, I think that also what was gifted to me today is also a limitation and like only a little bit of what there actually is because I know that there's multiple universes and I know that there's multiple types of beings who have different experiences all over. And we're just one. And I look at how the angels play a role in with us and how they are assigned to us as humans. And I wonder what other experiences and other types of beings are in other places and who they have to support them. It really makes us feel small, yet magnificent right? And so I really, really enjoyed the vibration of kind of tuning into that message. I'd be curious to see what you guys experience with it. But I had this, I kind of had this epiphany a while ago, where when we go home, like everything's ivory, right? Like we experience that through mediumship. It's like, doesn't matter what we experience here. When we go home, it's like all is forgotten, all is forgiven. And if we're living in a constant state of magnificence, do we even realize it's magnificence? That we even realize the love that we have unless we experience the other? And I feel very much that a lot of our purpose in this life is to experience joy, is to experience our spiritual expansion. And if we can experience love, joy, and expansion here in this place, my God, like literally, like how powerful is that? And some people don't get to experience it. And some people's roles here is to not experience it. So others can. And I think it's all very powerful. So in small, the universe is expanding and whatever we're doing here is supporting whatever that expansion looks like. That's what I got. There's a saying that's like quite common, which is, you know, we're spirits having like a human experience, but I truly think that we came here to be human. So I don't get too fussed about trying to be spiritual all the time because I could have been spiritual all the time staying at home. (laughs) So I'm sure that there's a, a need why I need to be here and just be human. Okay. So do you practice with the general public before going out publicly? I did. Yeah. But my mentor set that up. So I set that up for you guys sometimes, like we'll do readings for the public day, which is a way to slowly um, start to integrate into the public in a lower risk place. The other thing you can do is you can ask your friends if they have friends that you can read for. So it's like next level safe. Ask friends of friends to come sit for you and see what that experience is. Okay. That is us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys for being here. Love the Q&A calls. Bye.